Welcome to the Jesus Collective Podcast. This is where we explore third-way leadership in a polarized world, and we ask what it means to keep Jesus at the center through it all. We hope you'll find the conversation meaningful and that it equips you in your context with fresh approaches to facing some of the most challenging leadership and ministry questions of our day. And hey, if you're new to Jesus Collective, welcome! We are a relational network of churches and ministry leaders with a vision to unite equip and amplify a movement that is all about Jesus. You can look us up on social media or head to our website at jesuscollective.com to learn more, find out what it means to get involved, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Well, welcome to the Jesus Collective. My name is Paul Walker and I'll be your host today. And I want to welcome you to what we're calling season two of the podcast. Now, you might have noticed that we've gone kind of quiet in the last couple of months, and today's kind of about launching that new thing, telling you what we've been up to and, and what we're doing these days. Now, if this is your first time tuning in um, with us today, I want to let you know that Jesus Collective is a relational equipping network of churches and ministry leaders with a vision to unite equip and amplify a movement that's all about putting Jesus at the center. And if you're just curious to learn more about us, check us out at our website, www.jesuscollective.com or any number of our social media uh, places. Uh, So today is kind of, like I mentioned already, about a new season. We're calling it season two. And maybe if you've gone off to university before, they call this kind of season frosh week. Uh, But I know in in, for whatever reason, in church circles, we tend to call this like kickoff week or kickoff Sunday. And, and so kind of that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to ask questions about where we've been, where we're going. And if you're tuning in today, I just want to invite you to pull up a seat to the metaphorical table. Because with me today, I have our Jesus Collective core leadership team. And we're going to ask them some questions and, and kind of hear their hearts uh, today as you tune in. So with me today, I have Adam, I have Laura, and I have John. Uh, a big welcome to you guys. Good to see you, Paul. Good to see you. Welcome, Laura. Welcome, John. Hey, great to be here. Great. Well, Hi, Laura. Hi, Adam. Good to see you. As you can tell, they're quite familiar with each other. Here we uh, are. So my friends, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your role on the Jesus Collective leadership team? Like for those that are tuning in for the first time, maybe this is the first time they've they've heard from you. Uh, tell us about yourself. Laura, you go first. All right. I uh, joined Jesus Collective in the early spring. I'm, I'm here as the interim executive director, providing overall leadership to uh, largely the operational aspect of what we do. Um, but ensuring that everything we are doing is moving together to a common vision. I work in a highly collaborative team with John Hand and Adam Dyer, and I will let them jump in with a brief overview of their roles. Uh, can I, this is John, can I say, um, we have we have a language, we have an intentional language that we're using to describe our working arrangement. So we're calling it intentionally collaborative and mutually submissive. And, and essentially, like, we're trying to model... Uh, the experiment of shared power as a mm. leadership team. And this is on purpose. We, we think it aligns theologically with what, with what uh, we believe Jesus centricity can look like in a shared power dynamic. And so I'm, I'm excited for this um, arrangement and for, and the collaboration that we, the synergy we have together has been 
just tons of fun. Uh, a bit about me. My role uh, on this core leadership team uh, means that I collaborate these days with our extended leadership team partners, which you'll hear more about, to create kind of an innovative and impactful, hopefully Jesus-centered spaces um, for equipping and for development and for connection. So our hub environments, uh, partnership onboarding and bringing in new leaders into our, our network and equipping environments and, and leadership development. These are things that I give oversight to and personally love. That's some really great comments, John, about like this new experiment you're trying out with a leadership structure. So like if someone were to ask, like, who's the boss of Jesus Collective? Like, no one could answer yes. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the boss of Jesus, Jesus. Collective. Imagine that. Well, we have another person at the table, Adam, who maybe some might be like, is he the boss or is Laura the boss? Is John the boss? No. Like, Adam, no. tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I lead a church in the southwest of England. Um, so we're a long way away. All, all our conversations are on Zoom. Um, because I'm over here in the UK. And um, so I lead the church over here. I'm, I was just a, you know, Jesus Collective partner. Like I was invested. I joined in. I was really excited to um, be part of this um, collective of people who are working out what it means to lead Jesus-centered churches and establish Jesus-centered communities and bring the kingdom where we are and um, see whole community transformation and all those sorts of things. I was just so excited to find a group of people who are pursuing the same sorts of things that we've been pursuing as a church for the last 15, 20 years. And um, so, yeah, when the opportunity to come across to Unite showed up, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in a room with these people. This is exciting. So I, um, yeah, so I came across and just, yeah, and um, to meet, to hang out and, um, when I was there, it became very apparent that there was a lot of, I mean, we already knew about the whole Brexit thing, and uh, but there was a lot of transition going on. There was a lot of challenges facing, and Matt was kind of straddling two roles. And I remember having a conversation with Matt and just going, I don't I don't think you can straddle both roles. And, and he was like, I agree. I really can't. Um, can you help? I was like, well, I'm on a sabbatical year, still on a sabbatical year, but um, I'm on a sabbatical year. Like, it's not really um, mine to do, but then I felt like God got my attention. Matt got my attention. I was and, like, okay, I'll, I'll just go interrupt you there for a second. For those that are listening for the first time, who is Matt? Like, who are you, who are you talking about there? He was okay. Yeah. Was so um, Matt um, was the executive director of um, Jesus Collective, and um, but he's stepped back into the meeting house um, to help them through the not in unsubstantial issues, and um, yeah. So it just became really obvious that that wasn't a sustainable straddling of the two roles and um yeah so he's that he kind of said can you help and i spoke to my team and they said yeah okay we can release you for a day a week to go and get involved in that and um so so i'm getting involved i'm still kind of ma matching that with a um with a sabbatical um which is comes to the end, end of december but um i guess what i bring what I'm bringing to this conversation um, is um, strategy, um, vision, um, direction, heart, DNA, um, helping us navigate, um, bringing, being that sort of vision, strategic voice, speaking in um, from the from the edges. I'm not in there, you know, five days a week like Laura or 
four days a week, like John, I'm not I'm not around as much, but I'm I'm trying to bring that voice into that mix. And um I really value the shared leadership model. Um we get each get to play to our strengths. We each get to do the things that we're really good at and and we're called to do. And then we work collaboratively and make space for each other. And and I do think it models something exciting. I do think it's a really positive way forward. And I'm really excited about the future of Jesus Collective. Like I stepped in not because it was the easy thing to do or because it was the obvious thing to do. I stepped in because like I think Jesus Collective really matters. I think it's a really significant group of people at a really significant time. Um, so I think it's worth fighting for. And the more I've got involved, the more excited I am and the more hopeful I am as we move into the future. Thanks for sharing that, Adam. Um, I'd be curious, Laura, could you share a bit about just like kind of some of the staff HR structural changes? Could you kind of give us a story in brief about what exactly has changed in the last couple of months there? Yeah, no, that's a great question. A lot has changed. Um, so it was early summer where we began working together, John, Adam, and I, and coming out of that, realizing what would be the best way moving forward to include partners around this table in a way we're hearing their voices more and they get to be having greater ownership in shaping Jesus Collective. So we've established um, an extent, a couple different teams. Um, the first one I'll talk about is the board. Uh, we've set a new board in place. Um, the new board members are um, picking up some of the great things that the previous one did, but we really wanted to have a fresh board into this fresh season of what is this foundational year for Jesus Collective and where are we heading? Um, we've set up an extended leadership team. Um, this came out of Partner Summit. So just hearing some of the ways that um, we could have partners feed more into shaping Jesus Collective. And so that team's been set up. I think we'll talk more about who these different members are both on the board and in that team later, um, but to really provide um, leadership into the different aspects of, of um, program that Jesus Collective does. And um, from there, we've talked about something that we hope will come more in future, uh, which is a partner council. So a more intentional way to say we don't just want to have people working with us in terms of program, um, in terms of vision, but also uh, this team to specifically um, be prayerful and discerning and a council that we can use as we manage operations moving forward. So those are, I would say, we have the Adam, John and I working together and a new board, a new extended leadership team. These are people we've been putting in place behind the scenes um, over the summer. And yeah, that's a little bit HR. We are um, a very lean team. So trying to discern how do we best support each other in the season? What can we and can, can we not do in this year? What's the best way to utilize the resources we do have? Um, and what are the, the key needs of partners and churches that we are supporting in different ways? So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. HR in a nutshell. Well, yeah. Let me just pause there and say that like for anyone that's listening in right now for, for the first time that maybe has been tracking with us for the last couple of years, you're probably hearing a word in your head right now. And the word is probably, oh, change. There's been a lot of changes. Uh, you've heard about new staff. There's new leadership structures. You're hearing about all these changes. And, and maybe you're asking yourself right now, like, why? Like, why are we doing all this? What, what has precipitated this? How... How have we arrived at this moment? And so I just want to throw this question out. I'm going to start with John here. Like, how would you describe how we arrived to this moment where we're already articulating like some new realities for Jesus Collective? 
Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I want to back up and answer that question by going backwards a little bit. Uh, when we started Jesus Collective, uh, we started it in pilot form in 2019. And we're experimenting. We were doing research kind of with a broad range of, of um, kind of Anabaptist and Anabaptist sympathetic uh, leaders. We started there and then we made a next ring out of different friends who had become connected with the Meeting House Church over the years. And we're, um, you know, we're not hiding that the Meeting House Church helped give birth and infusion of funding to Jesus Collective and began exploring the possibility of a network that's Jesus-centered, that's not Anabaptist at, or proselytizing for that, but is Jesus-centered, but rooted in in, in a theological tradition. And then we started to build some things and we, we launched in uh, 2021 and we had tailwind. Um, Greg Boyd and Bruxy Cavey were spokespersons for this vision for Jesus Collective and for the, the theological center that many people were finding compelling. And, and so they were championing it and others were hearing about it and connecting and they were coming into Jesus Collective and exploring partnership with us. And we just had tailwind and it was exciting. Yeah. And, and for our people that are not nautical, uh, our non-sailors among us, uh, a tailwind <laughs> is what? Give us, a tailwind is when is when the winds are at your back and they're pushing you along, you know, ah, and you okay. feel that you feel that yeah. that tailwind, you feel that wind at your back. Is it like that yeah. moment with Rose and and Jack on the Titanic when they're like, exactly. yeah, that, exactly. that's how you felt, John? Was that's <laughs> that's right. I felt like Rose. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I had did the hands like out. Rose? I was I was on the tip of the bow. It was it was amazing. Yeah, and we went from from that tailwind, which was exciting. We were adding partners, we were adding partner churches, and we were having lots of inquiry about Jesus Collective. And we were podcasting and doing um, equipping events. It's exciting. Then um, we experienced like headwinds. And that that's when Rose is on the front of the boat and the wind is pushing against her. It's and like when they hit the iceberg. Trying, trying to knock her off, right? Okay. Her little perch there. Yeah. And this is... This is what happened in in um, November of last year, so 2021. Allegations against Bruxy Cavey came to the surface, and there was kind of a hold your breath while those allegations were being investigated, and that created a uh, an uncertainty for Jesus Collective partners who had connected to Jesus Collective through Bruxy, and. And then in March, at the end of February of 2022 of this year, uh, those allegations were revealed to be true and very sad and very damning and very crushing. And uh, it's like it's like the headwinds effect like took root at that point, and inquiries into Jesus Collective began to to tail off, and people. I think we're just in shock, especially those who were connected to Brexit KB. And that was kind of their, their pathway into Jesus collective. And what I think is happening, what I think happened and maybe is still happening to a degree is disillusionment because uh, all of a sudden there was this, there, there was a, a, a beautiful idealism about the Jesus centered theology and the humility that we try to live and promote 
And we had Bruxy Cavey, who's a megachurch pastor, but he didn't seem to act like a megachurch pastor, you know, with the bravado and the alpha dog and all of those things. And, and so it'd be easy to look at other traditions and see the moral failings or see of their leaders or see the, the falls from grace uh, to see arrogance or to see uh, tragedy and be like, well, not here. Cause yeah, we have, we're not we like have, them. <laughs> we have Jesus centered theology and yeah. our spokespersons are humble and not like the rest. And then I think a, a wave of disillusionment mm. shook across the network because now we have to look at it and say, Oh, it's here too. Yeah. Oh, Brokenness and if it's here, even here, if Brokenness it's here too, here. Yeah. then, in, then if it's in, if it's in this, then is it in me? And now I have to look at me and I have to say, is this in me? And where do I need to inspect? And like, what part of this is, is something that I have to face? That's hard work. I know that uh, I had a revelation when, when this revelation came out, I had this moment of like, I can't believe this is happening to us. I thought we were better than this. And like, what an arrogance in me. I thought we were better than this. Like, so it's like, this breaks us open and disillusions us and, and reveals truth and opportunity. Mm. So we say Jesus Collective is a, is a network for trans. We want Jesus to be at the center. We want to be transformed. Well, what an opportunity for us to invite transformation through this dark revelation that we don't celebrate, but we also realize Jesus can redeem. So I'm glad we've been disillusioned. I wow. think that there's an opportunity here for us to be transformed, for us to repent, uh, where we need to repent, for us to own our own sin, where we need to own our own sin. And uh, this has come about through this revelation. And so for those who are leaning back because this is scary and threatening, I think there's an invitation and I invite you to lean into this, this season of reflection. Let's, let's double invitation. click on that. Cause I think that's an important point here. Cause I, cause I'll be honest, like it's someone like myself with young energy and like um, liking the, the language of reforming of trying something new of leaving perhaps the house we had, there can kind of be this tendency, this reforming tendency when, when we, when we sniff out even a bit of, oh, this isn't working, we'll run to the next thing. Yeah. And your invitation is different than that. Like you're, you're, you're saying something different here. Can you double click on that? Yeah. So my invitation is the human propensity would be to lean out and to get distance from this. I need, I want to separate myself from this and like get away from it. I want to run. Mm. And I think there's an invitation actually to, to not run from this discomfort and this disillusionment, but to embrace it. And now I'm not talking about anybody who feels unsafe. We're not talking, we're distinguishing that. So like there's people who want to get away from it because they're triggered and they're traumatized. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you're traumatized, lean in. What I am saying is if you're on, if this makes you uncomfortable because you didn't think this was in us or in you, it's here. And, and so that's the invitation. Lean into it. Don't run away from it. Jesus wants to transform something in us because of this. Uh, this isn't something we just put behind us and try to forget. This is something that is opening up a transformational opportunity for us if we'll embrace it and we'll lean into this together. And I, I think that's 
that's the story of redemption. This is what Jesus does with brokenness. And I, I want that for me. I need that. Um, my heart broke. Bruxy was a mentor to me. He, I have spent 10 years journeying with him as a friend, as a mentor, learning from him. And when this happened, it crushed me, crushed me. And, and yet at the same time, Jesus is saying, okay, what's the invitation? I'm inviting you to something here. And I think that's for us collectively. I was in say, a hub at that. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, and I think, you know, it's, we've had some, we get a whole lot of feedback. Well, and we really appreciate the feedback um, that we get from people. And some people kind of go, oh, we need to look at this more. And there's some people go in, why are we still talking about this? Like, can we move on? Let's get to the next thing now. Let's, right. let's go ahead. Like, that. I wasn't really connected to Bruxy in the meeting house. I wasn't really, that wasn't really my avenue in. That wasn't really my thing. That's not really impacting me very much. Like, let's get on to the exciting stuff of Jesus Collective. And um, first thing, we we are going to do that. And we're, and we're talking about that today. Um but I think, as John says, it's been really important that we, you know, there can be a tendency, I think, for us as Christians um, to say the right things, um, but to not to do the hard work of letting it, like, just move from something we say or or understand or think about, but actually doing the hard work of seeping into our hearts and transforming us, um, going through that process which is itself an act of worship allowing those things to seep into us and to form us and i um so i i just i'd love to say at this point like for those of you who've who've been a bit frustrated that we yes. have kept talking about this i just want to thank you for sticking with it like because yeah. whilst this might not have been a really important part of the process for you it is for members of our collective for members of our family and it's been really important that we give people the time and those invitations it's been really important that we don't just give lip service to this or say the right things but that we actually do this the hard work of looking at this and processing it so if if you've been frustrated by that then just thank you for your patience thanks for your understanding because we're family and sometimes we need to wait for each other um but similarly this is a time of change like, you know, pick up on what John was saying. I think um, it's really easy to look at this and go, oh, what a mess, how terrible, whatever. Um, and that's all those things are true. Um, but at the same time, um, when we go through things like this, they are invitations to move forwards, invitations to change and to transform. And in the same way, COVID acted as a catalyst for change. This is acting as a catalyst for change for Jesus Collective. Um, it was always part of the vision that down the road, there would be greater, um, less dependence on Meeting House and greater independence and more collective, more collaborative across the churches. But we're moving that path a lot faster. Like this this whole thing with Brooksy's acted as a catalyst in that. Yes. And, and that's a good thing for us. That's a, like, we need to embrace that change. And in the same way as with, you know, we'll all have heard this at COVID, the people who are trying to get back to where we were, can we just ignore this is happening? Can we just get back to where we were? I really liked it before. Those are the churches, those are the organizations that are not surviving well this side of COVID. And similarly, we're not trying to get back to what Jesus Collective was before all this. We're trying to, we are, we're understanding that this is a catalyst for us to move forward, for to understand the the changes that we're going through, the the new realities that we're living in now, because change is all around us, right? I mean, this isn't just this isn't just a Jesus collective from meeting house and Brexit thing. Like 
we're living in an era of change, a yes. dramatic change. I'm coming to you from the United Kingdom. Um, we are literally at the end of the second Elizabethan era, moving into a new era. Like, it, it, there's no clearer language. We are going through era change. And, yes. um, and I think that's happening in the UK. I think that's happening around the world. I think that's happening in the church. I think that's happening all over the place. And, and our task here as a community and our task here as leaders is to navigate that change, to look forward, to not look back, to understand where we're going and to navigate into the new. Yeah. That's and I think that speaks part. beautifully, Adam, to, to kind of like, yeah, the, the, the compelling why for us going ahead. But before we just kind of move on, cause I'm already super excited to talk about that. I just want to rewind the clock a bit. So John articulated basically what happened leading up to this event we call Unite, that we caught the, we caught the headwinds. And then there's been some changes and, and a whole lot of rapid like kind of responses and discernment pieces that we're all articulating articulating right now i'd be curious laura do you want to like kind of describe that yeah um and i think it just ties so perfectly into this conversation because not only are we in the middle of change and figuring out where what are next steps how do we move forward there's been a pandemic there's been this change we are also a small organization we are new we were birthed during a pandemic so we knew there would be change Innovation comes from things like this. And so it's exciting. Um, we are small, which allows us to be nimble. Um, and so I look at that and I'm like, great, where can we go? Where is God calling us to next? He knew we were going to be birthed at this time and he called us forward and his purpose is for us to continue forward. And so what does that mean when we look practically at what we've been doing? Um, and so, yeah, I have been with working with our team to understand um our financial situation, what does that, you know, changing that five-year kind of weaning off of the meeting house look like if we are saying, okay, we're expediting that. So what's that financial impact look like? Um, and so what is realistically on the table for us and what can we count on? And when we look at um, the number of partners, how much income comes from there and where do we need to then now invest into fundraising more um quicklier perhaps, um, and so doing so very strategically than we have done in the past. Uh, recognizing in order to do that, we need to know our story, we need a strategy. What? How do we talk about ourselves? How do we talk about where we're going? How do we invite people into our story? So there's been prep work for um, stri strategic planning, which we'll discuss later, but part of that prep work includes um, getting a survey out so that we can hear voices from partners. What do you say about Jesus Collective? Who do you say we are? And even from those within our network. Mm -hmm. So um, trying to get a good fingerprint on that so that I can work with our communications team so that we can own our story. And how are we going to tell that moving forward? And I see our story. When I say the word our, I am thinking our partners. It's not just mm -hmm. us. How do we equip partners um, to be advocates? In On our staff team, we refer to partners as our owners in a way. If you think of this as a, a business, which don't get mad at me if I say that, but businesses have investors um, and they, they see the rewards. And we, our heart is for everything we are doing is to serve our partners. And so how do we have them front and center of mind? Um, so also looking at that lens, how does that apply to technology, to our platform? Um, what works well, what doesn't? Uh, we want an excellent user experience for those in our midst. Um, and so what do we need to tweak? And then what can we afford to tweak um, and, and to prioritize? It sounds um, to me like 
like I know like I'm a pastor and so like I get really excited about let's talk about like the cultural vision the theological application but it sounds to me like the gift you're bringing here is to actually build the structure and to build like a lot of these changes and perhaps you know, for some of our leaders or listeners listening in, in this moment, they might be wondering like, wow, like that's a lot of attention you're paying to all of this. And maybe there might even be this perception that things are a bit quiet because we're not talking a lot. You know, we're not pumping out a podcast every week right now. Uh, we're doing a lot of building. Can, can you speak to that? Like, yes. Like how much work has to go into um, this reality? Like, I know one of the things you mentioned already is like, we need a new board. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of a huge shift for any organization. Yeah. So if we use that as an example, um, it's, it may seem quiet. We're putting together board application processes, evaluating them, having conversations with potential candidates, potential nominations, um, reaching out to others to say who, who do you, who would you envision? What are the characteristics that we need around this board um, and the skill sets and, and the, um, the spiritual gifts? And so um, that alone has been a large process. And then you're working with the current board or the then current board. How do we exit well? Um, how do we prepare the new board for to take on this, this role well? So that is one aspect that has taken a huge amount of time to do it right and to do it well. And so we look at this year as being the foundational year. We've been using that language or a critical year for Jesus Collective into launching into the future. Um, so how do we do it in a way that we are doing things thoroughly. I think with everything you do, do excellence. So small pieces done really well moving forward. Um, not to say we're taking our time doing really small things, um, but to do them well and to set us up for this year for, for I think in many ways, this next season, even starting into the fall into new things. Um, and so, yeah, it, it may seem quiet, and, but there has been a ton happening behind the scenes. You'll talk to any of our mm-hmm. staff and you'll see that. Um, and um, I would say there have been partners that have been leaning in, which has been fantastic. Uh, John and Adam were talking earlier about the, the invitation in this season. And so we've been really encouraged because we've been seeing that. We've had people um, pressing in um, and and saying, like, God has told me and my church has 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 a very confirmed that I can give uh, this amount of time to Jesus Collective. How can you best use me? How can we um, use my skill sets for the kingdom through this? And so I feel like Jesus Collective has, as much as we have been working, um, we've also been seeing a, I almost want to say like, it's almost like a magnet. God has been drawing in people that even we wouldn't have necessarily um, guessed or into roles that we didn't have pre-planned because very much we went into this saying, God, there's way too much to do. Uh, we need you to direct it. Uh, and he's been doing that. And it's been a huge encouragement. So I look at um, our extent of leadership teams, so people who've come around the board for taking point on different um, a different program. And that encourages me because there are so many of these stories there. And I look at our board members. We have a new board. Um, we have uh, Peter Mogan on that board. He has a legal background, but tons and tons of governance experience, which is what we need as we have a new board and we are a young organization. So we're gonna benefit greatly from having him here. Um, We have Leanne Friesen, who's a pastor from Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. Um, Her voice has already been in our midst greatly in Jesus Collective. So she's also got that heart, which we need. 
um, David Ho, who's a lawyer in the GTA, so Greater Toronto area, um, very much with a Jesus-centered mind frame and a heart to ensure that even those who are in leadership, serving, volunteering, staff, that they have spiritual health in mind as well. And so that will just be such a healthy contribution to us. And Christy Penner Ward, and so Children's Ministry, working currently at Raise Up Faith, I think she brings a great passion to this and will be a great marker for us to ensure that we are thinking of the church holistically. So those are some of the names, even on the new board, which is exciting um, to see coming around and rallying behind us. And we are um, also in the process of expand, like looking at the board as a freshman board, but there are current conversations of what does it mean to further expand this with a couple other people joining that table. Um, so these have been very encouraging, but examples of all the work that has been happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, as someone that like, you know, I'm in more of a local context, I get the amount of conversations that need to happen there. And and the amount of work it is, it's like you're, you're trying to build a plane while it's already flying in many ways. And, mm-hmm. and I think anyone that may be listening in and thinking about like the, the vast amount of work that's being put into this, I think perhaps the question is like, why do we need this for the days ahead? Like here we are in a season culturally, Adam, you'd mentioned this before, like an end of an era, like you're in the UK and, um, yeah, this past week we learned that, that Queen Elizabeth had passed away and that's 70 years of consistency and almost overnight you have a new prime minister and a new reality. And that's just one small window into the kind of yeah. rapid changes we are in this season. Um, I know for me personally, like I'm a younger leader in the church and I've never seen so much rapid change in my life. And, and I almost feel compelled like, that I need, I need a group of people behind me to help me think, uh, to support me, to like see what I don't see. Sort of like again for that ship analogy, that person that goes like to the top of the mast and puts on the binoculars and looks ahead off into the horizon and says, you know, like this is a head land o whatever analogy you want to put around that. Like I, I personally would feel compelled that like if this. Jesus Collective, these kind of leaders didn't exist in this kind of structure, I would feel compelled to invent a new structure overnight, just because I can't walk alone in such an age of disruption. And I'm curious, Adam, as as you're thinking about like, why it's time for a Jesus-centered movement, why we need this in a time of, of, if we call it post-COVID, or just even living with COVID, you know, what kind of comes to mind for you? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I I kind of share the same. That's why I got involved, like because I was like, I I need Jesus Collective to to be here, and I need it to thrive, and I need it to um, be well. Because I think these are um, these are really dramatic days, and I think what excites me about um, Jesus Collective is this: it's it's a collection, it's a network of churches, it's a network of people who are working out what Jesus-centered communities look like in their own community, in their space. There's opportunity for us to share stories with each other and share learning with each other and share theology with each other and understand this better um, together. We have we have some really exciting um, thinkers, practitioners, um, leaders, people in 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 our network, in our community. And, and I think that really... I think that really excites me, but, but I, there's a prophetic element to this um, in that we live in a world that is more polarized than any time in my lifetime. And, you know, it's hard to remember. 
um, that it's a, a time when we've been so polarized right across the Western world um, in politics, in but the church isn't modeling something other to the world. The church is more polarized than I can remember too. And and here's this, there's a, prof- there's a prophetic calling on us, I think, as churches to model something different, to model something of Jesus to the world around us, to in a world that is polarized, to, to model a space where people can disagree well, where people can um, hold space um, with each other and for each other, where we can encounter Jesus through each other, where we're not terrified of difference, but we mm. we we um we value disruption and difference we we learn to love others especially when they're not like us and i think there's something in our theology there for us to um really explore that we there's a role for us to model prophetically in our communities and and i think you know i i'm involved in this because i was a church leader who was trying to work this stuff out as you say, in a time of immense change, immense flux, immense challenge, immense shift. And then here's this community who's kind of going, you know, we get this. We're on the same journey. Here's a group of people who are all trying to work out the same thing, asking the same questions, working out the same um, struggles. And, And how about we navigate this together? And I think one of the things that Jesus Collective does really well is, um, and one of the things I want to see it doing, continuing to do really well, is providing that space where we get to support each other, where we get to, you know, one of the things I found most valuable through COVID was being in this hub with other church leaders, and we could just talk about how things were going and what what the, what were the problems we had no idea how to solve. And maybe someone else was tackling that very same thing. Or they could just listen and go, man, that's terrible. I'm going to pray for you. Like even that, even didn't have to have the answers, just being together, uh, not feeling quite as alone, not feeling quite as crazy in this polarized world where the church is polarized all around us. And we're kind of going, yeah, but I think there's this other way of doing this. Sometimes you can feel like a real lone voice in that. And then suddenly you find this community where you're not a lone voice. Like people are trying to work this stuff out too. So I think, I think Jesus Collective has real value in that, in um, that we can acquit that we can resource, that we can build community and networks and relationships with each other, mm-hmm. that we can we can bless each other in that way, but also we can then bless the wider church and we can bless our communities in that way. We model something prophetically for the church. We model something prophetically for our communities. And in a time of change, people who can show something of what the future looks like mm-hmm. are of immense value. Because people, everyone has got questions. People's anxiety levels are up in our all all over the world. People are going, I don't, I don't know what's next. And every time we get over what I think is the biggest thing I'm ever going to face in my lifetime, another thing comes along and swipes us. And then after that, another thing comes along and swipes us. And then over here in the UK, like in Europe, you have you have COVID, and then you have a war in Europe. We never thought we'd see that again. And then you have like the whole cost of living crisis, which is sweeping through everything. And then your monarch dies and everyone's going, well, now what? And then we have our, you know, fourth change of government in six years. Like there's change everywhere. And churches are trying to navigate change. How we do church is changing. How people connect with church and engage with church is changing. Everything's shifting. And, And I think there is something about us understanding um, how we can support each other, how we can bless each other, how we can work together, how we can learn from each other, 
Um, and also our the church and our communities are looking for people who can say, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Walk in it. Like, yeah. here's, here's a new way of working this stuff out. Maybe maybe the all these ways that you've understood God before, what if God's not like that? Mm-hmm. What if what if God's different to that? All, all the ways you've understood the world before, what if it doesn't have to be that way? What if there's another way of living this stuff out? And and I think that that's something that Jesus Collective carries. I think that's something we can we can bring. Um, and 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 I think as well, if we're going to be able to do that, then the thing that excites me and the momentum that is going on behind the scenes um, to bring in all those partner voices to put out the questionnaire out there and to bring that, you know, what are you thinking? What, what's, what's it like? What, what are you dreaming? What are your hopes? The, the questionnaires are hugely valuable. Bringing in the extended leadership team of different voices and people coming forward saying, I'm going to give a day a week or I'm going to give this much time. I'm going to get involved. I can bring my skill set into this. It's, it, it feels like there's real momentum um, and it feels like this is where I hope as we emerge, what will be clear is that we're more of a collective than we've ever been, that we're, we're, we're a broader voice than we've ever been. And, and I think that hopefully as we emerge and we see these people um, engaging joining in as we as we hear, we get better at hearing voices and whether it be the questionnaire like or us just talking to people and spending time on zoom calls with people or visiting people and going tell us what does this look like for you what what are your frustrations what are your hopes what are your dreams what what could this be what do you need what are you experiencing and what have you got that we could all learn from like these are these are great questions for us to be asking and and i think as we emerge I think something that looks like community, something that has Jesus firmly at the center, mm. something that teaches us how to disagree well, how to love well, how to bring transformation across our whole communities, um, how to teach this stuff differently, how to find the language, how to that provides resources, um, I think for me is really exciting. Yeah. I, I want to say like uh, like when I when I take what you said and I apply like a negative contrast to it. Like, I think often in these times of disruptions, our disruption, we think and we search for what I will say is often an individual system or an individual voice, like that one leader that's going to pump confidence into all of us. (laughs) That one great, you know, uh, thought leader or or Christian celebrity they're like, ah, we're going to buy their books and we'll be okay. Right. Or we're going to apply their attractional model of church or whatever it is. And, and we're going to copy and paste that in our context and we're going to be okay. And it's right. going to work and we're going to fill our churches with butts in the seats and we'll make budget. Right. And I think like those days are over. And what I, what I, I want to just highlight in what you're saying is, which I don't hear a lot, is the way forward is community that singular voices are not going to cut it for a rapid changing, disrupting environment. One of the good, I mean, this is, it's completely sad and tragic, but one of the upsides to what's happening in Christendom right now with all of these like fallen leaders is we're running out of celebrities and run out. And this is a good thing. Like to run out of celebrities is to not depend on those singular voices to be the amplifiers that all, that all these people follow uh, but that we are empowering a multiplicity of voices. Together, we are one voice. 
And that's the other thing I wanted to add to the great things that Adam has said was that Jesus Collective is not just exist for people who come into a paid partnership arrangement with Jesus Collective. We need that to sustain us. And, and there's a there's a level of engagement and ownership there, but there's a Jesus-centered movement that's taking place around the world. And like one of our purposes is to unite, amplify, amplify, and equip that movement. And so we are serving that as well. Uh, we're not just serving ourselves. There's a bigger thing here that we are calling others to attend to and to learn from and to be shaped by. And I just want to, I want to plant that uh, in case the listener is hearing, this is only for those who are say on the inside. No, this is for those who identify with the Jesus centricity, the Jesus centered message. Yeah. That's, that's a really important clarification that we exist, not just for ourselves, but maybe you're a home church leader or you have like a micro community somewhere in Europe and you're listening in and you're thinking like, I need, I need, I need a healthier, more Jesus looking movement. We, we exist for you. Even if we never meet you, we love you. <laughs> like, just know just here right now in, in your, in your gut, we love you. And we, we, we champion you. Like it's our hearts are, are for, or are for the, for the goodness of what God can do even in these times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul, I like what um, John's saying there about running out of celebrities. And I think the age of celebrities is over. I think that's one of the one of the era shifts that we're seeing. But that's that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. and it links to it links to how we do vision too. Like um so yeah, my role in this is maybe to help bring some of that vision, distill mm-hmm. some of that vision. Um but we're going to do that. What I'm doing is I'm actually coming over um, to Canada um, in October, and we're going to we're going to have some days together, and we're going to pull wider voices in to that. Yeah. And um, because I think the way forward for the visionary leaders isn't to bring a vision that everyone can get behind, but it's to it's to understand everybody's hopes and dreams and ideas and inclinations and 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 vision, and then distill that into some language um, that we can all see our own vision within. So we all understand that we're part of it. To distill that into some language, we go, is this what we're all saying collectively? Is this is this where we all think we're going? Is this what this might look like? So rather than kind of, again, that sort of celebrity, celebrity passed away or celebrity leader, celebrity leader way of going, ah, oh, here's, here's the person with the vision. Here's the person with the... Um, all the hopes and dreams. Here's the person with all the answers. Here's the person who's going to answer everything for you or, or show you the way forward. That's not that's not how we're going to do this. Like we're we're kind of gathering people's ideas and gathering people's dreams and hopes and the stuff that God's been stirring and the Spirit's been stirring in them. And and then we're going to try and distill that into some language that says, "This is what God is saying to us. This is the vision." When we pull all those pieces together, this is this is the vision that we end up with. So we're going to be doing that work in October. Mm. Be praying for us as we do that. It's going to be the what is it fifth, sixth, seventh of October. Um, so be praying for us as we do that. And like I say, we're bringing in wider voices. Um, so some some of the extended leadership team, I think maybe a board member, um, also um, external voice as well is coming into that um, because it's not just us. Someone external. Um, who's going to kind of come in and go help us navigate that, bring what they see 
Um, so we're, we're doing a lot of listening. Um, we're doing a lot of um, praying, sensing, listening, talking to people, collating, um, drawing in, and we'll be doing more of that on those days. Well, let me ask, um, as you're doing that, I know that there's a lot of work being done behind the scenes. I, I want to just throw this question out to anyone here at the metaphorical podcast table. Uh, <laughs> where are we going from here? Like, what do you see happening in the next couple of months that we need to pay attention to as people who are who have their ear to the ground on this? Uh, go, Laura. I, li- I like your thoughts. Ladies first. <laughs> All right. There's a couple different things. And I get excited when I think five years, but we have, what are we thinking first, <laughs> first steps? Um, what do you pay attention to? Um, we have been looking specifically, and I think this is what we're, we're trying to hear. Is it what we're discerning? And is it what our, our greater network or people within the Jesus centered movement are discerning? Um, what are the, the, the key themes that we need for this year in terms of equipping and resourcing? So beginning to see things emerge that uh, are indicative of where we're, we would be heading as a movement, not just as Jesus collective, um, but how can we better plug in alongside those and support those? I think within us specifically, um, um, uh, those tailored resources to our communities, but all uh, to our partners, but also looking, uh, as John mentioned earlier, the network. Um, So there has been a season and it's a a healthy, um, a healthy investment, I want to say, to ensure we've started this year in terms of, of, reevaluating what we have been doing and how is this beneficial for our partners and kind of doing that temperature check coming out of what we had to come out of in in the in the spring season Um, but now beginning to say we don't want to end there and how do we more intentionally include the network those who are saying oh i'm ready to get my toe wet but i'm not sure i can jump in and that's okay we want you to but you don't have to because this is about jesus this is greater um then necessarily partnership, you can still journey with us. And so what does it mean to extend those relationships more um, and to plug in to to the greater network and to those who are in this movement? And so I think what we'll begin to see is um, twofold, um, a, a greater expression and intentionality around what does partnership look like? What are those values of partnership? Um, what are our theology, what is our theology? Um, I would say in more of a bite-sized piece so that partners can feel like they can share that well and we can empower them to do so. Um, but that network members and and those who are tracking with us would begin to have a greater understanding of how we can also partner with them. And what, without that word partnership, that's probably a bit messy, um, but how we can also um, work alongside them as we have a common goal of seeing Christ more within our world and seeing our world transform for him. So John, I'm going to let you step in, clarify what I may have. Well, what I like, like what I like, you're saying, and is pinging and resonating and exciting me is the uh, we want to equip. Our purpose is to equip a Jesus-centered movement. So, like we're are, we have a group of theologians who are doing good work, but they want to create more like bite-sized for the lay person, for the average Christian, not a theologically trained person. Uh, bite-sized reflections theologically and what does it mean to be Jesus-centered? Like, what do we mean by that? Because a lot of people say they're Jesus-centered. Wonderful. If you're Christian, let's hope so. Um, But we have a, we mean something by it. And so it's creating a network or a a series of uh, videos, like maybe five, 10 minute videos that are just 
putting it in the hands of everyday people. If this is a movement, it's got to be put into the hands of everyday people, not just clenched into the hands of, of the laity or the clergy, the professional clergy. So that's, that's important. The other thing is um, network effects. So we want to serve the network, which means we serve our partners, but the broader network. So we are going to create a series of pop-up short-term conversations that maybe youth pastors, I was talking to a youth pastor last week who says, I need to talk to other youth pastors because I want to put Jesus at the center, but I can't do it by myself. I need resources and I need ideas and I need ideation from inspiration from others. So like we'll create a series of conversations for youth pastors who want to talk about how to put Jesus at the center and disciple the next gen. We'll have other pop-up ideas that come around maybe aspects of, you know, strategic purpose, uh, strategic direction. How do I coming out of COVID as a church leader in conversation with other church leaders, create a strategy that's clear that we can move forward with that has a Jesus centered flavor and, you know, grist to it. That's very practical and nuts and bolts, but we want maybe leadership development would be another one. How do we develop Jesus centered leaders? Let's create pop-up conversations that are with our partners and to the broader network where people can jump in and learn from each other and resource peer resource each other in really practical ways. Especially because like we are going to be in a leadership crisis. Like, Oh, it's a baby boomer generation is retiring right now. Like they're in the process and we have the biggest shift in both generational wealth, but just roles like in the here in Canada um, there's something like 50% of all clergy are were born in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a one in two leadership crisis, which if we don't, if we don't empower everyday Christians, you know, we have a theology rooted in the radical reformation, which is everybody's a priest. So like if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a priest to dial up and encourage the formation of Jesus centered leaders who are living as a kingdom of priests leading the church of Christ in business <laughs> and in, and in the, the ecclesia, like that's, that's vital. Um, there's so much more we could talk about, but those are think, the, some of the, yeah. yeah, the essence of the things that we want to bring forward in this new season. Well, I want to thank each of you for just taking some time to, to hang out to kind of share your heart, to give us a little window about like what the Jesus collective leadership team is thinking about dreaming about these days and to just kind of close off our time to bookend it. I'd be curious in like a couple sentences or less, uh, tell us like, what are some of your hopes for the next couple of months? What, what's given you some like dreaming, some ideation, some, some hopeful, like in your gut, this, this is, this is something I'm looking for for in the days ahead i think one of the things that's um really already encouraged me um is just people connecting in like people um leaning in and saying i'm going to give this time or i want to be part of this how can i serve how can i be involved i feel like i've got something to give here and and that for me is a clear sign when the spirit's working when god's involved in something when when something is strategic um for moving forward, particularly in times like this. I think that's a clear sign that God's at work. And and so that really excites me. And I'm excited to see more of that um, 
of people, of finances, stuff coming in that's just, and I, so I'm really, I'm already encouraged by that, but I, I think we're going to see more of that. And then the, the other thing for me is, you know, the message we're hearing is like, the purpose of this is to equip and to connect. This is about relationship and this is about equipping. And I think, um, I think as we distill down to this is what we're about, then I think, um, and I'm excited to see where, where those things um, flow, which I think is some of what John Law have been talking about. Yeah, Adam, that, if I'm using as least words as possible, that is echoing exactly what's on my heart um, because it is setting us up well for what I believe we would see next, which is this becoming more of a global, it is a global movement, but Jesus collective reflecting that. Um, and so that's also what excites me. But I think what everything you're articulating is the first round of continued um movement we'll begin to see yeah right mine would be slightly different but it would be um that we would that jesus would lead us to discern in community such a compelling vision Mm -hmm. for jesus collective to re-clarifying our purpose and clarifying a vision that um it would be so obvious the need for jesus collective that people would that god would send donors our way to support this financially. This is a crucial year. The main donor for the Jesus for Jesus Collective has been the Meeting House. And the Meeting House is, is in a season where they are not able to support Jesus Collective in the way that they once thought or planned. And that creates a, a financial challenge and a gap. But it's never about money, it's about vision. And so if we can have a clarified vision I always have seen that money follows that. And so that's that's my hope. Clarified vision and then provision as a result. <laughs> Paul Walker is muting himself because his lovely family is in the background talking to him, which is classic for a podcast episode. <laughs> so here I am just about to end the podcast and my son, Benjamin, who is at home today because he's feeling sick, um, interrupts us. And maybe that's good. I like the interruptions. I welcome the interruptions. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so thank you for joining us to all those that tuned in today. If you made it this far, hey, give yourself a high five. Yeah. Uh, I believe that it will get you a couple less years off purgatory, probably. I don't know. No. <laughs> Crowns don't, in heaven don't or something. That. Definitely. Yeah. We're going to get an extra jewel in your crown for listening to this podcast. uh, Okay, Ben, this is not great. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Take care and here's to keeping Jesus at the center. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out JesusCollective.com where you can hear stories, find info about upcoming events and workshops, maybe even explore getting involved through partnership as a church or an individual leader. Listening is such an important part of our journey as an organization. So please feel free to reach out to us with your ideas and your feedback. Drop us a message on social media or you can email us at connect at JesusCollective.com. Here's to keeping Jesus at the center.